I'd like to finish this year off with a word, not from me, but I believe from God. This will be my last episode before the new year, and God has really spoken to me a lot on what I'm about to share with you. I think there's been a lot of confusion this year, confusion about humanity and about God. Some things need to get cleared up. I'm strictly going to stick to the word. I won't be talking politics, just shedding light on biased and self-serving beliefs that have nothing to do with God that people have tried to drag him into. I'm not even going to share my personal opinion here. This is strictly God's word and God's truth. This may start off as harsh, but ends with a very firm word of hope. I want to begin this with the truth. We are a sinful world, a sinful people that kick and scream, not even like children, but like completely underdeveloped and unevolved primal humans demanding that we get our own way. God has given us the way. He has provided us with the truth, and yet we still reject it, reject him and even ourselves in doing so. What am I talking about? I'm talking about so much deception and distortion we can't see straight. I've watched sin be excused on every leadership platform like it's null and void. I've watched people use Christianity as a weapon to control, manipulate, judge, and attack the entire human race. I've watched people pick apart God's word to use it so biasly and selfishly it's insane. It truly is insane. I've watched people turn into the biggest hypocrites I have ever seen all around from a 360 point of view. The sins of our world and sins of our culture that have been simmering underneath the surface of a complete facade have boiled over into a burning mess. This is a massacre. We are scarred by wounds we haven't even tended to yet. We are lost and we need to find our way again. The thing is, God has given us the way. What is the way? Or better said, who is the way? Christ, Yeshua. He is the way. God has provided us the truth. Who is the truth? The Holy Spirit. He is our truth. Can we know God and his will without them? No, we can't. For they are Lord and light of our lives and our being. Do you belong to him?
There is only one way to know that. And if you don't, you may know that too. There's only one way to eternal life. One way that we must continue talking about the way Christ our Lord and Savior for no one can come to the Father except through him. John 14:6 says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." I have a powerful testimony I'll be sharing in my next episode. But this episode isn't about me. It's about our nation our people, and our world. It's about what God is currently doing, and it's far from over. God is so gracious. He is so merciful and so loving. Our parents and we as parents can't even compare the love we have for our own children to the love he has for us. That's how sovereign his love is. God is love. And we can only know true love when we know him. One year ago, I was deep in the word of Jeremiah. I felt something coming. I was posting about it, sharing it, and noticing No one cared to pay any attention to it. People walk past the truth like they're walking past a million dollars lying on the ground. It's lying there, available to them, but has no value in their hearts. God knows this is what's going on in our culture. The divorce rate is well over 50% in our country. Domestic abuse and narcissism is radical. Child neglect, sex trafficking, pornography, injustice, idolatry at its finest. We are an adulterous nation that has become its own God. But trust God does not discriminate. He doesn't play favorites. And the entire world is an adulterous people, which are paying the price for their sins today. I'll let you in on something here that's not a secret, but you may not have known. God himself is the one who initiates plagues. This pandemic is not evil. It's from God himself. Why would God do such a thing, you might ask? Because no one is confessing their sins. No one is repenting. No one is forgiving or living in the truth. People are gossipy, judgmental, disloyal, self-serving, destructive, 
narcissistic, abusive, resentful, bitter, hateful, unfaithful, undependable, and reveling in their sins every day. John 3, 16 through 21 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. He says this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but the people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. He wants us to expose ourselves to him. This reveals so much. God is saying we must confess our sin, expose our sin by coming into the light and believing in the Son. This is an act of believing. What does believing in the Son mean? It means more than just believing He exists. It's an act of believing. For the Word says, even the demons believe in the name of Christ and tremble in, at, in fear at His name. Believing in the Son means obeying the truth. God's truth, not your own. He says everyone who does evil hates the light. So discern what is evil, such as all that I just listed. Divorce, adultery, coveting. Coveting what? Not just your neighbor's wife. Coveting a different life. Coveting what you don't have. Abuse, gossip, hypocrisy, unforgiveness, etc. Jeremiah 18, 7 through 15 says, If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now, therefore, say to the, to the people of Judah, he's telling Jeremiah this, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you 
So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But the Lord says they will reply. They will reply because he already knows how they're going to reply. He says they will reply it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. What? (laughs) Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Inquire among the nations, he says. Who has heard anything like this? A most horrible thing has been done by virgin Israel. Does the snow of Lebanon ever vanish from its rocky slopes? Do its cool waters from distant sources ever stop flowing? Yet my people have forgotten me. God is like, what in the world has happened to my people? Those who have called me Lord, but do not obey my ways and not only disobey, but proudly admit to their own stubbornness and proclaim that they will continue living in their sin. He's nearly in disbelief of this. He reminds them of his never-ending faithfulness and they simply do not care. So God is pleading with them. Our gracious, loving God is pleading with them. If you read the entire book of Jeremiah, God continues pleading with his people to turn their hearts back to him and repent, but they don't. So God becomes so righteously angry that he divorces Israel because of their idolatry. Essentially, the people become their own God. They idolize themselves and their own ways of living. Sound familiar? That is exactly what has happened in this nation and in the world. So why are we so surprised that God has brought this wrath upon us? Honestly. And why are we so surprised at the hatred and evil that's come of this? God has brought this pandemic upon us to reveal every sinful deed. Yes. Why do you think suddenly every kind of evil under the sun has become so prevalent and magnified? God's exposing the sin that already existed in the hearts of man and bringing it to light as he has called us to do as his people, but we have refused to do. As disciples of the Lord, we have failed miserably to expose our own sin and indefinitely the sins of those around us. We've chosen to turn a blind eye. That's what God has commanded of us. He's commanded of us 
that we expose not only our own sin, but the sins of others. He says, if man is causing destruction to his children, you are not commanded to turn a blind eye and say, that's none of my business. No. God says it is your business. In Luke 9, it says, when Jesus had called the 12 disciples together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure disease. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And he even says, if people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. It is our business. It's our business to free the oppressed, to proclaim the good news, to heal the sick and care for the widows. This includes the abandoned, the single moms and orphans. And there are several ways we can do this. It means sacrifice. It means selflessness. It means intervention and intercession. What it certainly does not mean is turning a blind eye. Let's also read this from the mouth of Christ, Matthew 10, 32 through 38. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Think of all the ways we can disown our Savior. Then he says, Do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So let me ask you something. If you're married, how many of you have disowned your wife for your mother? How many of you have disowned your husband or wife for your children? Marriage, marriage, which is one of the biggest issues in our nation and in our world, but more importantly, actually more prominently in our nation, is a covenant under God that was created to be an embodiment of Christ's very relationship with us. It's the largest, most important commitment and obligation under our relationship with God. 
If you're disowning your own spouse for anyone, you're disowning God and disowning yourself because the space for evil you create in doing so is horrendous. Trust me. And just as in the previous passage, those who don't accept followers of Christ are in turn rejecting him. That means if you refuse to accept your believing daughter-in-law or your believing son-in-law, you're rejecting God himself. And you better get that straightened out with him quickly. Because just as he says, if you disown him by disowning his own children, he will in turn disown you. It's right there in his word, Matthew 10.32. So get your heart right. Because no one who loves and commits their way to the Lord goes unvindicated. It's just bitterness. It'll eat away at your heart. A lot of women and men with bitterness in their hearts. Get rid of it. God is so patient with us. He gives us so much opportunity to make things right with him. And that's what we must do. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This is a promise. We must turn from our wickedness and not go back. That is the whole point. It's about faith and faithfulness. Listen to this verse. Write these down. I'm giving you guys some of the best verses from scripture to live by. Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. James 1, through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, applying it to their life, living it, they will be blessed in what they do. One more, John 15, four through five. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Let's talk about shame for a moment. So many do not know what to do with their shame. They run from it and then run from God and in turn end up right back in the cycles of their own sin. We must dive into this because shame is a healthy thing. But just like every good thing, the enemy tries to use it for evil and distort it. Shame has to be dealt with between us and God. We have to be brave to go to God with our shame. It's an act of courage because many fear God's judgment and their shame. But we are actually only subject to his judgment when we continue to cower from him and reject his grace, his love, and his mercy. I'll share an example with you. This morning, I was sitting out in my backyard, feeling overwhelmed by the weight of my sin. I've been experiencing a lot of anger and frustration with God lately due to some of my own personal life issues. And I wanted to give in to the bitterness I could feel stirring in my heart. It's very tempting. But I didn't. And I did what I've been learning to do for years. And that's, that was give it to him. I said, God, you know me. No one knows me better than you. I said, do you feel, I said, do you feel this, Lord? Do you feel the sin and the evil that surrounds me and that I, I, I could feel on me? And I said a lot more. And my first thoughts were, I know, God. This is me. Your daughter who disappoints. And right in that moment, I felt him lift every ounce of shame and sin from my body. But not just that. I felt him receive me in the fullest way a soul can be received. And that is where he wants us in the fullness of his presence, exposed and naked, hiding nothing from him, but giving it all to him. This is where he does the work, in our heart, in our mind, our body, and our soul. It is so beautiful and divine. So we must turn our faces and our hearts to the Lord and remain in him. We must walk in his light and live in his truth. So we do not end up lost or staying lost in all the sins I've explained in this podcast episode that Christ has come to set us free from. He is the way, 
the truth and the life. He is what we must choose every single day because he chose us. This is where we can find new hope in him and rebuild our nation from the inside out. I'll leave you with this favorite verse of mine, Psalm 103, 2-6. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Blessings to you and yours this holiday season, and may you live in such a way that God brings blessings, redemption, and healing to your home. Amen.